0: Hello and welcome to the Mr. Flipper Initiative. My name is Kyleen
1: and my name is David.
0: And today on our show we have a very special guest. She is the CEO and president of RPAC.
1: Hello, my name is Brittany McDowell and thank you for having me on your show today.
0: I actually want to thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. Today, we're going to be talking about COVID-19 stimulus and um, even how other countries are responding to COVID, and just pretty much we're holding our politicians accountable for their lack of voting on certain stimulus payments and other um, services as well. Could you tell us more about what you wanted to discuss here today with us, Brittany? Sure. Um, again, thank you so much for having me on
1: Um I- feel that um, talking about COVID-19 economic stimulus and relief is so important for Americans. Um, Today, you know, a lot of people across the country have started to receive their uh, most recent round of stimulus uh, per the uh, American Rescue Plan. Uh, But even, even still, I want people to know that while you may be out there receiving your stimulus uh, payments, your direct stimulus payments, now is not the time to just stop having the conversation about economic stimulus. Um, The fact that um, a lot of politicians count on voters having political amnesia and not remembering that they either for uh, whatever reason did not support economic stimulus that would benefit people, People need to remember this past the point at which they receive those checks. And so I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to talk about um, responses we've seen in other countries um, that, quite frankly, have been better than what we have seen in this country. Um, And and just broadly talk about the overall response we have seen to COVID-19. Americans have suffered needlessly, in my opinion. And so, again, thank you for providing the platform for me to be able to come on and do that today.
0: Absolutely. So I wanted to jump into other countries' responses before we talked about the U.S. just so we could see what other countries are providing that directly would benefit American citizens if the U.S. were to implement them. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to start specifically with France. Not sure if you knew, but France did have a, as a part of their initial package, they put freezes on rent and utilities to ensure that their citizens didn't go homeless and to ensure mm-hmm. that they didn't have, lose electricity for, wh- yes. for those reasons. And they also are providing stimulus payments as well. Yes. Um, they're providing monthly stimulus. So I, I did want to start up with France because the European, the European countries are supporting their citizens more than the US is. And that's a fact. And even talking about even third world countries in Africa, They're providing hospitals for their citizens to ensure that even in these villages that they receive treatment for COVID and that they receive testing on behalf of the government. And, yes, the U.S. is providing enhanced testing and vaccinations to our citizens. I Mm -hmm. feel like there should be more done in terms of directly supporting our citizens and not just the corporations.
1: I want to talk about two things you just pointed out. First and foremost, referencing France and the the key word, I think, is freezes. We have had in this country a moratorium, right, for people who have not been able to essentially pay their rent. They have been able to stay where they are, but that's until the point at which those moratoriums expire. At that point, realistically are Americans going to have mass amounts of money piled away to the side to be able to pay the $10,000 plus or so that they probably will owe at that point? The answer you and I both know is no. And because of that, I think that in this country, I think we've done somewhat of an attempt at having some sort of a quote unquote freeze, but what happens after the freeze here? And then you mentioned testing. Testing, I think for a lot of people, depending on if you've personally come to know somebody or you yourself have been impacted by COVID from a health perspective, I think a lot of people try to mentally just separate the health aspect of COVID from the economic aspect of COVID. And they are so delicately intertwined that I think a lot of people really fail to understand that had we had in this country a testing program, a testing strategy, like was the case in France, I highly doubt that per many, many standards across the world, we would have what some would consider to be the worst response to COVID-19.
0: I agree, and the one thing that I did want to mention is that at one point we did have a pandemic research team that was enacted by President Obama, mm-hmm. and Trump did take that down prior to the COVID nineteen pandemic. Yes. So w- now we're behind on researching COVID and development of these vaccinations, and we don't even know the effects of these. They're just mass producing and shipping them out and having people take them as if everything's okay. And I feel like there needs to be more done in terms of awareness of what these vaccines can do to you, because there are. People dying from the vaccines. Right. And then the other thing I wanted to mention relating back to France, they have expanded health insurance for those that are affected by COVID, mm-hmm. specifically focusing on that. If we even had a system in place to expand Medicare just for COVID, mm-hmm. it would have helped our citizens as well. And intertwining that with testing. Expanding our testing. Because let's be honest, I went to the Orange County Convention Center to get a COVID test and I waited four and a half hours. No way wow it's ridiculous and i scheduled an appointment so i feel like there needs to be more done in terms of expanding testing and there are some people that are capitalizing on that like i know someone who is currently selling covid19 tests for 150 dollars they come to your house they do the test for you they take it to a facility and you get your results in 24 hours now a few
1: addressing a few different points there i will be open and say that i am not some President Biden, cheerleader, right? But
0: no, never mind.
1: <laughs> but to his credit, when you look at, for instance, the fact that we have seen the Affordable Care Act, they had a special open enrollment period specifically due to what we're seeing with the pandemic. And that occurred pretty recently. And it would have occurred sooner, but the Biden. Needed to kind of get together um, their marketing plan to promote the rollout of that kind of special enrollment period. Because, quite frankly, even if you go back to not getting too wonky here, but if you go back to the Obama administration, a lot of the very few, in my opinion, successes they did have, they didn't do a good job at promoting or kind of getting out to the general public. And so I I think, to his credit, President Biden didn't want that same thing to kind of happen, not just for his own political reason. the political credit he would get, but out of pure necessity, people need to know that, hey, if you don't have health insurance, especially during a pandemic, if you fall under certain income guidelines, more likely than not, you can take advantage of this program and get covered and not have to worry about healthcare during this time. So that's that on the healthcare. But then, in addition to the healthcare, you had mentioned that you know I, I'll hold off. I won't do that right now.
0: I just wanted to jump in and say that in terms of healthcare, mm-hmm. had we had a system in place. Prior to the pandemic, a single payer health system, like you would see in the U.K., there would have been a much better response in the health aspect to COVID because we would have more doctors on staff. And we would have wider range of testing. Like I noticed in terms of testing, I have a children uh, that are under the age of six. Okay, you cannot take them to the Orange County Convention Center to get tested for COVID. You cannot take them to a regular urgent care to get them COVID tested. Some will even reject them. If you go to a center care kids, they won't do it for a child under the age of six. So you got to go to your PCP mm-hmm. and risk getting COVID, right? To get your children tested, <laughs>
1: it's like you're going there to get a COVID test, but you might also get COVID while you're waiting to get that test, right? Um Exactly. You know, and and I think as unfortunate of an experience for many people, myself included, because. I know 29 people who have had COVID, two of which have died. And you know, there are many people across the country who know that many people, but I, well, not that many, but they know people who have died or maybe they've had it themselves. But I think that in this moment, one of the opportunities we can not afford to miss is the light that COVID is shining, not just on the issue of COVID itself as an economic crisis and as a health crisis, but how it's shining light on other issues that we have. And you pointed out our need for a universal health care system. I referenced
0: and housing and housing's another concern Absolutely. because they're doing everything to deter the homeless. But they're not doing anything about the homeless situation, too. And it's only getting worse through COVID because they're not doing freezes.
1: And no one thinks about, for instance, you've had very few politicians bring this issue to the forefront. But what about, you know, we're in this moment where people are excited because they are getting some sort of reprieve economically due to direct stimulus payments. But what about the payments that are due to Americans who are homeless so they don't have a place where they can receive a check? They don't have a bank account. They're this kind of population that no one talks about. Again, we are having this issue shine light on other issues that, quite frankly, we cannot afford to not talk about because I can guarantee you if we miss The boat in this moment, that boat will be gone. And and you can't tell me that we will ever come back and really talk about it when we have something this serious, this big, this just all encompassing, if we're willing to not address not just this issue, but the issues around it that it touches.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like right now it's also touching base on the problems with US infrastructure and how we're doing things. It's shining light on too many problems and the government that the government's trying to avoid. Because I guarantee you, back in 2008, when Barack Obama was trying to put the Affordable Care Act in place, that he was thinking about universal health care. But then he was also thinking about the fact that the Republicans will reject it. So, this is my concern is that in terms of the government, they are so focused on the wrong issues, rather than focusing on the people, they're focusing on the economy and and not even supporting it in the way that it's meant to be. How is it that in Canada, they're providing $2,000 a month in stimulus payments to their citizens, and they're also providing hazard pay, but you're telling me the U.S. can't do that, but we're the richest country in the world? You know, there is this thing that I absolutely believe
1: and live by, is that people will only do to you what you do. This I'm gonna say something that a lot of people do not want to hear, right? A lot of people like to play the victim card as a collective, as a society. We like to look at a lot of our ills as a society and blame the politicians. Who the heck put these people in office? Who the heck? Us. When these people time and time again Show us who they are, who either has amnesia when they go to vote, who refuses to vote, who says, oh, I know that they voted against my interest several times, but I saw them kissing babies and shaking hands. So I'm going to vote. Who We do that. You pointed out what happened with the Affordable Care Act. I'd be doing a disservice if I did not point the fact out. Everyone knows that Obama wanted essentially a single-care system. During his Congress he was dealing with at that time, we had a record number of filibusters that we have not seen. I'm not going to get into filibusters and all that, but, but it, it essentially... That's a situation where um, you can't really vote on what you want to vote on. Republicans at the table, I'm going to tie this to where we are right now. Just stay with me. Republicans at that time, when the Democrats and President Obama were coming to the table to negotiate health care, they you know, had all these demands. Oh, we want you to do this. We don't want that. You do it like this, we'll vote for it. At the end of the day, the Democrats capitulated and literally gave the Republicans a majority of what they want. To where the Affordable Health Care Act, the Affordable Care Act that we got, was literally um, it was nothing even close to what Democrats even wanted. And even even still, you know, they got pretty much everything they wanted. The Republicans didn't support it at all. Why is that important? Why am I even mentioning that? Because when you look at what happened. Under the Trump administration, under the 116th Congress, with our need for COVID, uh, COVID relief, whether it be economic or from a healthcare perspective. How many times did Republicans and Democrats claim that they were coming to the table, they were going to negotiate, especially when you were at the end of the last congressional session? We had time and time again, Americans were dragged through the mud for months being told, oh, we're negotiating, oh, we're close, oh, we're this. And every time, Republicans would just turn away and either not agree to what they said they wanted or just let nothing go anywhere, right? History repeated itself. Exactly. At this point, at this juncture, as angry as I am with the Republicans, I am more with the Americans that you know, Let it happen. We had a conversation a few days ago and during that conversation, one of the things, we, we talked about a few different things, but um, something that I think needs to be said in this moment is that, yes, you have Americans who genuinely don't know. Them. Maybe they don't know how things work from a civic perspective. They don't know. They don't know. All, I, I, I'm not going to blame those people. But the point at which Americans know what's going on and they still vote to keep the system as is, and they still vote to keep the same people in, in office, they are the reason why we didn't have recurring stimulus checks. They are the reason why we didn't have a national testing program months and months ago when, we were in, when this started a year ago. They are the reason. I'm not mad at Cruz, I'm mad at Ted Smith down the way who keeps voting these people in office.
0: And it's because the media is telling them to, too. You got to realize that the media is brainwashing people to vote a certain way, too. They see only a part right. of the picture. And that's the problem there. This is a system of control at this point. And I, I just felt the need to point that out, that um, the system of control is what's keeping us in this state. And we're not able to see past certain delusions. It's, it's what it is. It's a delusion that's placed in front of us to keep us in this state and we're not realizing that oh this this politician did this this politician did that because we're not researching we're just see, say- we're just believing what the news is telling us and that's there it. are
1: always going to be
0: i'm not living in a delusion where
1: i think that i am going to be able to get information out to everybody and change everybody's mind um for one there are people who are comfortable where they are with the information they have and maybe it's Certain narrative they have about the country or about life or people, maybe it benefits them in some way. I, I I'm okay if I never reach those people. I want to reach. I I understand I can only reach the people who were open to seeing. Who maybe they don't see completely that what's going on, but maybe they they feel like this isn't right. Like how does this sit right with any American who makes less than a hundred thousand dollars a year who calls themselves a Republican? when not one Republican voted in favor of the American Rescue Plan. How does that sit right with you?
0: It 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 doesn't.
1: It absolutely can't. And so, you know, I'm not deluded in thinking that, you know, everyone is going to see kind of the bigger picture here. But the people who are open, the people who, like I said, just have a tingling that something is right. Those are the people who need to be listening to your podcast. Those are the people who need to be maybe considering getting news. I'm not saying completely leave mainstream media. Maybe you like the schmucker section where they, you know, show the people who are hundred years old or older. I, Hey, still look at that, but diversify where you get your news from, you know, if you're getting it all from one source, they're coming with some sort of an agenda and it is not, it is not that.
0: Exactly. And I feel like that this is something that also needs to be addressed. And I will be addressing this later on in Mm -hmm. other episodes um, that I will be releasing. So I'm really excited to continue talking about these social issues because it does affect us. And at the end of the day, if you can't see, like for me, I'm a decent human being. If I can pay more in taxes to ensure that Joe Gardner over in in St. Jude's Children's Hospital is dying of cancer to ensure that they have health care for them to meet all their needs, then I don't mind paying more in taxes to ensure that. I don't mind paying more in taxes to ensure that someone has housing, basic housing, because we have buildings here that aren't even right. in use that could be used to, re, to like build housing. So these are issues that are being brought to light by COVID-19 and what's going on in our country because the rate for homelessness, poverty and hunger is higher than it's ever been. And not only that our education is going down the drain. Why? Because nobody was prepared for remote mm-hmm. learning. There's too many issues that were brought to light by this pandemic and I'm excited to release more about it. Yeah,
1: I it, it's going to take people like yourself who are willing to expose uh, what's going on uh, we have seen whether it you know be in relation to learning healthcare, homelessness uh, do you remember months ago when we were seeing especially out in texas those long lines at food pantries like this is a right
0: here's the worst part no i went you- to one but I'm supposed to be middle class, right? I was middle class. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Now I'm at a People food pantry. You never think, and,
1: and that's one of the things that, that I want to talk about too. In this country, we talk about, especially on the right, they talk about personal responsibility and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and so on and so forth. I get it. I think it is reasonable to expect everyone in some way, shape, or form to not just contribute to their own personal situation, but the but our society at large. But that still does not indemnify us as a society from having a social safety net for those who either through their own fault or maybe through not their own fault need assistance. Every once in a while, you know, somebody's shoestrings are gonna get cut. They're their bootstraps, right? And they're gonna need help. And all of these people who walk around and, you know, they, they don't want to give help to Americans during the pandemic. And, oh, I'm you know, you should have been prepared for this. It cracks me up, by the way. You hear several politicians and they blame the single mom who, you know, was not prepared for a pandemic, whether it's, you know, due to being able to stay home and homeschool her kids or economically, whatever. They want to blame her, but then they don't ever blame the businesses and say they should have been prepared. They always only want to blame personal responsibility on individual Americans. The point of it is we're seeing in this moment, quite honestly, people who have a heart and people who don't have a heart. As much as I would like to say that every American out there has a heart and genuinely wants to help other Americans, I am not quite convinced that, especially if you know of Joe Manchin, he's a congressman, he has, West Virginia is literally one of the poorest places in this country, and he would not vote. Uh, Well, he did technically vote to support the American Rescue Plan, but he the ball of him the nerve of him to have the problems that he did right like he wanted to instead of having uh four hundred dollars in in additional employment benefits he wanted to have three hundred dollars you could make the argument well Brittany, you know he decided to give more but you literally are in one of the poorest places in this country and you told your constituents i don't think you deserve more help
0: that's horrible i didn't even mm-hmm. i wasn't even aware of that i'm i'm also concerned about the fact that in these times, the most important thing right now is access to food, shelter, water, and health care. And the worst part about it is is that there are places in this country, like Flint, Michigan, who have been going on with this crisis of not having clean water for their citizens. And this is being brought to light in the middle of the pandemic, even now on my social media timeline, people are talking about it, because people are dying at alarming rates in those areas where there's not clean water. And let me ask you something. Why is that? Because you need water in a healthcare facility as well. How are you going to provide clean water to your people and and, and, in in a sterile environment if you don't have clean water running through your pipes through the city? Absolutely.
1: Again, exposing what we already have as deficiencies in this country. And again, to me, it says that we have to capitalize in this moment on this issue. There's this thing that Hey, never let a political crisis go to waste. This is a political crisis. Take the
0: opportunity. Hmm? I'm sorry. I I was going to add in, take the opportunity Mm -hmm. to make the change. Because the structure of our Mm -hmm. government right now and the structure of our economy right now, it just goes to show that it's not working. At some point or another, we're going to fall. And if this pandemic lasts longer than what we're predicting then we could see a fall and a collapse in the U.S. government and in the economy and what happens to all the people in this country. We're already
1: in an economic recession.
0: That is, that's where we are. Are we
1: clawing our way out? Yes. Are we seeing the numbers go down? Yes. But then when you look at what has happened, for instance, in Mississippi and in Texas, where you have these governors who said, well, hey, let's let's just have that at Haas and no more masks, no more this, no more that. Like, we're not at the finish line yet where we need to, as some people have been doing, we need to be burning masks. Like we don't need to be doing that. Like, are you freaking insane? You know, but again, it speaks to the fact you have, for instance, attorney general, Ken Paxton, for the people who want to go and vote when he's up for reelection, you need to remember that, for instance, outside of the economic issue in last election, he didn't want to have mail-in ballots in Texas. He wanted you to go risk your life to be able to vote. And you should not have to do that. You should not have to risk your life to vote. He also, at a time, of, you know, especially last year, when we really were in a period where restaurants and stuff were closed, what did he want to do for New Year's? Open them up, leave them open so that way we can celebrate. He felt it was more important for people to celebrate than it was for them to stay safe. For those who, and this might be surprising to some, Amy Klobuchar, she's a Democrat. You would think, well, she's a Democrat. Democrats have you know, recently voted to support economic stimulus. Yes, I will give you that. But people who vote for her when she's up for reelection need to remember that when we had that $900 billion package, that last stimulus package that was passed under President Trump, she added pork ridiculous amounts of pork you have something it was called the first she introduced what was called the save our stages act and it essentially added 10 billion dollars that went to venue owners promoters so i will say to her credit she has in some respects voted to do of Americans. But what I think that people who are will vote for her when she's up for re-election need to remember is that while she did vote for some things in favor of you, or that would be of benefit to you, she did vote to add and actually did add quite a bit of pork to the last stimulus package that we saw under President Trump. There was something called the Save Our Stages Act. And um, in so many words, she ended up getting a lobbying group come along that essentially helped push through the $10 billion of pork that she wanted added to the legislation. And in a lot of ways, if, if her voters kind of examine exactly what she's done on this issue, they will see that she has actually done more in favor of business than she has the average everyday American. And and I'm not saying it's always going to be 50-50, because I think that's kind of real unrealistic. But I do think that voters need to keep these things in mind, because you have to question, if she did this in the past, how likely is it that she's going to do it in the future? And, you know, I. talked very briefly, and I want to mention Patrick Neville. Um, He is one who very clearly voted against by voting nay. um, He voted against expanding COVID relief programs for small business owners. He voted against authorizing a transference of money for cash assistance during the COVID-19. And so, again, people have to remember what politicians do on the issues that they care about. Um, Now, I want to say, previously, our organization had focused on social issues. Are social issues important? Yeah, sure, right? You know, you may have your own personal opinion about illegal immigration, abortion, so on and so forth. I'm not saying those things aren't important. But I think one point Americans are going to have to get to is a point where they actually prioritize as, as unkind as some people might say that it is, some issues are like not as immediately, they don't need the same level of immediate expediency as other issues. And COVID 19, whether you're talking about the health aspect or the economic aspect, requires so much of our focus it's such an urgent issue like it's literally a life life or death issue directly and indirectly where you're talking about the virus itself or homelessness or food insecurity it's such a life or death issue that if we don't focus on it if we don't hold politicians accountable on this nothing else matters
0: Yes, definitely agreed. And how are we going to discuss these issues if we don't have a platform to even talk about them on? So I definitely agree we do need to hold our politicians liable and definitely discuss, you know, changes with them Mm to figure out exactly, you know, how we can pass legislation and certain laws as the American people. And that even, that even ties into like my community idea that ends hunger, homelessness, and poverty mm-hmm. um, by providing basic needs to the people. It ties into that because I noticed during the pandemic that these rates were going higher and higher and higher, and we're supposedly the richest country in the world. And I feel like instead of, you know, passing legislation and and building these things that deter homeless folk in the city, they should be working towards those vacant buildings being set up for the homeless people, so that way they're not on the streets during this crisis. And not only that, that's only going to that's only going to drop the rates of COVID as well, because now they have a place to be. Right, and I f- that is away from other people that can infect them with the disease. I, I mean, virus. I feel like I have to be kind of the bearer
1: of bad news here for your listeners. Because I'm going to say something yet again that is unpopular, that people don't want to hear. People have to stop voting for politicians just because they like them, just because they seem like they have something in common. I don't care if I it looks like where I feel like I can drink a beer with you or eat pizza with I don't care. What I care about is what are you going to do for me? Like, I know we live in the society where... Um, In a lot of respects, we say we shouldn't be selfish, but politics is really one issue, issue where you say you need to be, like, you have to be selfish. If you're not selfish, you're not going to see what you want or what you need to see. Politicians who are focused on ending food insecurity in this country, we are responsible for understanding who we are putting in office, who we are giving that level of authority when it comes to our politics, control over our lives. Again, I don't blame the I I, I might blame the politician if they are absolutely new to politics. And so they have no uh, political experience that we can look at and say, well, you know, I looked at his voting record and he did this or that before. Um, But when we have these politicians that have been in, in politics for a million years and they still vote, uh, in every way, shape and form, uh, it, they still vote to keep people in their at their local level food insecure. I'm sorry, I don't hold them accountable. I hold the voters' account and it's it's not it's not what people want to hear. They want to say, oh, it's the politicians but how many times are we going to let them pull the okey-doke over on us? That's where people like you come in. That's where our organization comes in. Now, will we have the same reach as mainstream media? Probably not, but all we need to do is reach a few and they reach a few and they reach a few. And next thing you know, more Americans are aware and that is where we can make change.
0: Exactly, and even start a revolution possibly because at this point in time, you know, other countries are taking better care of their citizens while ours are being treated like nothing. Like, how is it that there were 13 or 14 countries that voted on monthly stimulus Mm -hmm. payments? There are some that are even paying workers wages while they're even... well, well, just to avoid layoffs so people have a constant flow of income. They're providing the wages, mm-hmm. not the employers. There are so many policies put in place to build hospitals and areas for the poor. There are policies in place to expand healthcare in other parts of the world. So, why is it that in the United States of America, we cannot have any of those things? Because we don't. it is the politicians and the people who are putting them in the place that they are at in power. I.
1: The type of organization we are is referred to as a super PAC. I believe that we definitely need reform to how we finance campaigns in this country. You've ever heard the saying "Don't hate the player, hate the game"? I have again always been in favor of revising how we choose to finance campaigns in this country. But when you, yeah, agree. When, you mm-hmm, when you look at this country, though. And you look at the people who have the most political power, the people who are able to just at at the, at the dial of a phone call, they're able to get whatever it is they want politically put in place. Those are the people who have a certain level of political impact that the average American doesn't have. And the secret that I really want to expose to people is that you too, if we come together in mass you too can have that same level of impact. Do you know why? For instance, Amy Klobuchar, I used her as an example earlier. Do you know why politicians like her, uh, despite the fact that they wanna appear to be as if they're kind of trying to do what's in the best interest of American, do you know why they they really focus on more heavily favoring businesses and giving them what they want? Do you know why Republicans voted against uh, pretty much at every turn helping the American people? It's because the people who finance their campaigns are not the American are the businesses. But did you also know, do your listeners know that while I still encourage them to vote, while they absolutely need to, they need to, and I'm I'm not saying our specific uh, political action committee, but other political action committees, other specific, um, specific politicians. If you have a politician, for instance, if you really believe in Bernie Sanders and what he is doing, you need to give to his campaign. Now, can you give a $50,000 check? Probably not but can you sacrifice a cup of coffee at Starbucks once a month and give it to him to help his campaign so he can stay where he is to vote for the policies you want? That is where the American people are going to have to get to. Because again, while as individuals, we may not be able to give that million dollar check like these other big time donors, if enough Americans come together and put their money where their mouth is so that way. And here's the deal, because a lot of people wonder, well, why do politicians need money? They need money so they can run political ads. Political ads, it's not enough just for you or me to know this stuff. We talk about how we have to get the message out. You get it out on your show. You know, I get it out, you know, in <laughs> the means that we do. But politicians, they need to kind of frame the message in the way that they do, but they need to get that message out in mass. And that is why if you have a politician that you support, you need to, again, bite the bullet, say, hey, I'm not having this cup of coffee and I'm going to, and I'm just using Bernie Sanders as an example. I'm not telling you to give to his campaign, but, you know, bite the bullet and say, okay, I'm going to give to his campaign. Or whether it's a super PAC like us or other super PACs, hey, I'm going to bite the bullet and give because, I believe in the cause and that's where people are gonna have to get to because talking is not enough. Talking is important, it's not enough. Voting is important, but it's not enough. It is Jeff Bezos, he doesn't just vote. He has I bet you he has politicians on speed dial.
0: Yep, probably
1: <laughs> absolutely, and it's because he gives the check. And and again, collectively, we have to do what we can because again I, I i've always been about wanting to reform politics but again you can't hate the player until things until we get that reform the average american people are going to have to come together and fight the system and we have to do it from within we can't do it on the outside just complaining about it
0: exactly and that's where i want to come in the idea is i want to build this community Um, But from the inside, I want to run for political office. I want to be able to change some of the policies, bring them to the table. I want to go around and see different areas of the U.S. that are being affected by these same issues. And my three main issues are hunger, homelessness, and poverty. And bring it to light in Congress and show them that this is wrong, that this should not be avoided at all costs. It should be at the center of the table every single day. What can we do to ensure that that these people have the basic you know needs to ensure that not only that um if all of our basic needs are met what is left for us to do we are be out of the state of survival and in the state of creation what happens in the state of creation people work towards what they want and people are going to go to work anyways and even follow their dreams Let's say this were to come to fruition and people had health care, people had basic housing and worked towards and, and had services to help them work towards getting their own home and then having a garden to ensure that their food supply never runs low and having local farms outside of cities as well that also bring food in, not having exported goods and having things inside of our own country. Can you imagine how, how thriving our country would be? It, it would be amazing. Can, like, just it would be amazing. But but the sad
1: reality is too many people benefit from the system the way it currently is.
0: Too many. People. That's why we bring the poor <laughs> in, because let me tell you something. The bracket for the rich is too low. Yeah. It's the top one percent of the world that have the control. What about the other ninety nine? But and you know what? And and I think it's kind of um
1: interesting to point out. And it's interesting that you say that. We always talk about the 1%, right? You know, we've everyone has heard the conversations about the 1%, but it's not just the 1% who are in control. In a lot of respects, the 1%, they have people under them who don't necessarily fall into that 1% bracket that benefit from that actual person, that 1% or being in the 1%. And so, again, too many people benefit from this way the system is for uh, people to really wanna push for meaningful change. This is why we've gotta motivate the people who either lack motivation or lack understanding, give either, we can't really give motivation, but hopefully if you provide understanding, the motivation will kind of come naturally. You have to have those two because there's too many people on the sidelines, but if we can get enough people off the sidelines, Uh, Despite the fact that many people benefit from the current system, we can absolutely see the change. Not just we want to see, but that is actually necessary. Because you said earlier, if things don't change,
0: we are set up for collapse. We are. And it's sad, but I see it within the next 20, 30 years. We are headed for collapse. Because how is it that during a pandemic, we are one of the like, Mm -hmm. look at Ghana. Ghana did great with this um, in terms of you know COVID-19 response. They did um mandatory mask mandates, so otherwise you face jail time. They made it a serious issue. They built hospitals, they did everything in their power right. to help the people. How is it that we couldn't do anything? I, I think when you because we, we talked early on
1: about about France, but when you consider, for instance, some of the other countries who actually handled the pandemic pretty well, um, Honestly, France did good, but I probably wouldn't even put them in the top five. I would say Taiwan, New Zealand, Iceland, Singapore, Vietnam. um, Denmark. What I would say, the thing that I think uh, separated the countries that handled this exceptionally well from those who literally um, basically almost did nothing to address that. And by those countries, I mean the U.S., Brazil, Mexico, um, the UK did better than the United States, but overall they still didn't do that great. The main thing that I would say separated the the countries that did well from the ones that didn't, um, even when you look economically, didn't even have to do with their economic response. It mainly had to do with their health response. Something as simple as what you pointed out, wearing masks. When, When you saw in places where masks were mandatory, they absolutely, they literally went through this super duper fast and and not just like mandating masks, but they had stockpiles of masks where they didn't have shortages like we had early on. Um, Those were the places that did very well. And, And it's so sad to think that had we done some of the most basic things early on, I don't think that we would have done as bad as we did. Now, some things were unavoidable. Again, when you consider like the politics that happened during this time, the politics over economic stimulus, um, just by the nature of who was in office under the 116th Congress, who our president was, it was pretty much inevitable that we'd kind of see the power struggle that we did. But again, the basic things like wearing masks, that's a freaking no brainer.
0: Literally, China. to, like uh, What I love about the Chinese people is that when they're sick, mm-hmm. they wear masks. It's just because, you know, out of common respect and courtesy exactly. for other people. That is another thing that this country is lacking. A lot of people have lost basic respect for people. I went to mm-hmm. Walmart the other day um, mm-hmm. to go grocery shopping. And when I was there, there was a person who took their mask off to you sneeze. You are kidding me. I'm not kidding you. There is not a lie in sight. I literally sat there and I was like, that's
1: the point of the But you know what, you know what, though, is I think even more sad than that? Have you seen incidents or read or, you know, viewed the YouTube videos of the people who, uh, as as improper as I think that that was for the person to have done that, I would never, ever advocate to say anything to anybody because I've seen and read too many stories of people, like, fighting other people, uh, Mm -hmm you know uh, literally I think in in the Denny's I heard of somebody like stabbing someone who asked them to wear a mask like that's the level of indecency at which we're in in which we're dealing right now like it's it's utterly insane you can't even ask a person will
0: you please wear your mask you might get stabbed you can't even say people you can't even ask people to say please literally um when I was walking Mm -hmm. out that same Walmart there was a person pulling out, but they didn't, they, you know, it was too quick. We were already behind their car walking when they were starting to reverse. And they almost, you know, they almost hit us. Well, more my husband than me. So they almost hit my husband. And then they said, move out the way. And then he was like, I didn't hear a pleasing sight. I, look, I, it's like, I guess if I can't
1: kill him with COVID, I'll kill him with the car. It's it's sad um, that that level of indecency.
0: People you know, are and, selfish. and to me, a
1: the, the whole nother rabbit hole, you could go down on a discussion about how we've ended up there with people like not having base and basic respect and decency towards other humans, let alone me. Um, but it, it, it is what it is. But as, as dark as the situation is, uh, I do believe that you have hope. I believe that there is hope because there is people like you and me who trying to make change Um, and i think as long as more people join the cause as more as long as more people see that i mean again i i'm very very sure even if there are people who can't articulate what the issue is they feel something just isn't right right we see we're in a pandemic, yet not one Republican voted. Like, something is not right about this, right? Um, something is not right about the fact that we had to wait months and months and months for stimulus that we should have had, quite frankly, on a monthly recovery. Something is not right that many people who have probably died from COVID have died Probably because they didn't have health care and couldn't afford to go. So they stayed home. Oops, they died. Right. Um, despite all of that, there is still hope. I'm still hopeful. Um, and and I want your listeners to be, too. You know, in the moments where they feel like they're alone, I want them to understand that they're not. Other Americans are suffering. It's not just you. You're not the only one to lose your job. You're not the only one who had to go to a food only one because a lot of americans are in that same boat more people are starting to talk about it but there are still a lot of people who are not so don't feel ashamed don't feel alone because we're going to get through this together that's the only way americans have ever gotten through anything and that's and that's been together we've just got to bang together in this moment and we can absolutely do it but the question i pose is are you willing are, are you up for it
0: Exactly. I agree with you there. And um, I see here that we are okay. running short on time. So I did want to wrap this up by saying I am so grateful for having you on this podcast and discussing all these issues with me um, and bringing to light all of the situations that are going on in the present moment in the U.S. during this pandemic, because people need to know what's going on and people need to understand that at this point in time, during a time where we are separated, it should be a time for us to come together. We have the platform to do so. We have social media. So it's time to bring it out there and talk about it and maybe influence some change. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I, I appreciated this. Hopefully, you know,
1: um, especially since you're focused on issues that we deeply care about as an organization. Um, you ever, you know, want me back to talk, I'll I'll be more than willing. I've enjoyed our time together. And I hope that I shed some light for your audience. Thank you so much for
0: having me. I would like to thank our listeners for tuning in to our podcast and allowing us to shed some light on the issues we face today. If you'd like to support the creation of future content, feel free to like and subscribe. If you'd like to provide additional support, we also have listener support on Anchor as well as Ko-Fi for donations. Our goal for this podcast are not only to shed light on the issues, but work to solve them together. We can face these injustices of the current system we live in today if we band together as a community.